What a great day it is to be in the house of the Lord, and we're glad you're here to worship together. I want to welcome our guest with us today. If you're here visiting with us for the first time, we're glad you're here. We'd love to know that you've been here. If you would stop by the welcome table on your way out, we might get you to fill out a little piece of information. Um, but we've got a gift for you, so please stop on your way out so that we can get that to you. Uh, everybody in here, the info updates uh, that are in your bulletin, we'd like to have those if you haven't already done that. Uh, if you're sitting there thinking, man, did I do that? Um, do it anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to determine whether we've already put your information in or not. So if, if you could drop that off at the welcome desk on your way out, that would be great. Or hand it to somebody that's going that way would be absolutely awesome. I want to uh, draw your attention to some of the announcements that are in the bulletin today. Look on the inside right-hand page of your bulletin. Um, you'll see that we have committee training this afternoon at 4 p.m. I would like to personally apologize for that time. I had no idea they'd move the game up to 425. But I can promise you, surely to goodness, we won't be in here longer than 45 minutes. But we need everyone who is on a committee to be a part of this committee training so that we can start off our committee year with a bang and get er get everybody's committee established. And we would just really appreciate you being here at 4 o'clock. We'll meet in the LEC all together, and then we'll give you a chance to have your initial meetings with your committee shortly following that. Flip over on the back side, you'll see opportunities that are going on this week. Um, I want to make a note that tomorrow evening, Monday, it says no handbells, but handbells will be meeting tomorrow night. Let me say that again. Handbells will meet tomorrow evening, so please make sure that if you're a part of our handbell choir that you make it to practice tomorrow evening. Then would also like to uh, draw your attention to the Lottie Moon and the missions offering, the CBF Global Missions and the Lottie Moon. Our total a goal for those two was $12,200, and we're not that far away. So uh, if, if you haven't given to that, I know that that, that can get done. So hint, hint, um, we, can, we can make that goal pretty easily. If you haven't already given to that, please consider doing that today. Uh, at the bottom, well, I guess I, sh I should say a word to mention on the mission offering. We do uh, have an IMB uh, missionary and his wife visiting with us today, Jeremy McSwain, and his wife are in the back. Bonnie, I see you up front. She's turned around looking for you. I didn't know if she was going to be here today. But uh, we're glad to have them visiting and, and worship, worshiping with us today. They serve in Moscow, and I know you might want to say a word to them on your uh, way out today. At the bottom, I want to draw your attention to remind you that the children's home will be visiting with us next Sunday. They will be um, our morning worship service. They will be taking care of the morning worship service, and Dr. Michael Blackwell will be sharing with us um, Sunday morning. We are preparing to give them some uh, hygiene products. So um, if you have not donated to that, there are boxes at both the north and the south entrance to be able to, to donate. We would like to be able to give them some items that they can use. So uh, please consider doing that this week. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to recognize Ted Daves and he's going to do a Sunday school presentation this morning. Thank you, Wesley. Uh, I'll make this real brief. Uh, it's really my pleasure to be up here today to present uh, what I'll call awards. They're, they're uh, really a recognition. And we had uh, a Sunday school in 2015. Of the 52 weeks that we recorded, we had three people that uh, 
are enrolled in Sunday school that have perfect attendance, and I'd like to recognize them this morning. Uh, Betty Holland, Ruth Pace, if, if you would, please. And uh, the third one, the third one is Tom Hambert. Tom, uh, you're okay where you're at. And, uh, uh, Keith, Keith, you'll take these. That's uh, quite an accomplishment for uh, these folks. Let's give, them a, let's give them another hand. And just want to say one, one other thing. If you are here and you are not in Sunday school, I would encourage each and every one of you to uh, be in Sunday school. Uh, we have several classes that uh, I, I think you'll find a fit somewhere. Uh, there's a little brochure out at the visitor's table that uh, will explain each class uh, what it's about. And uh, if you don't see anything you like, we'll, we'll, we'll create another one. <laughs> Thank you. Me and Ted did talk this morning, and we want to invite all of our Sunday school teachers to get together on January the 17th at 9 a.m. So if you'll make a note, January the 17th, 9 a.m., our Sunday school teachers will get together. This time I'm going to recognize Caitlin Hamrick. She's going to share uh, about her mission experience to Guatemala this summer. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Caitlin Hamrick. I'm the daughter of Del and Rhonda Hamrick. And this past summer I was able to go to Guatemala on a mission trip. Um, around the beginning of 2015, God had given me a push for international missions. Rather than pushing back, I got out of my comfort zone and followed where his plan led me. On June 20th, I was able to board a plane with 32 others from Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church and head to Guatemala on my first, thank you, <laughs> but definitely not my last international mission trip. We had many planning meetings, and for most, this would be their third or fourth trip to Guatemala. But with all the planning and research, I still didn't know exactly what to expect. I was anxious, but to be honest, I think my mom's nerves were a little worse than mine. <laughs> the first day was the longest. We were up by around 2.45 and didn't slow down until we got back eight days later. We were able to get through customs easily with all of the medical supplies and extra luggage that we had. And once we landed, things were interesting right off the bat. We had to fit 32 Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church members, eight locals who are our translators for the week and around 70 pieces of luggage into three 14-passenger vans. The first stop that we made was to the Guatemala dump, which is where we spent the first four days. Describing the dump is very difficult. Trying to figure out exactly how to explain the dump, I couldn't seem to form complete sentences. It's roughly 40 acres and is one of the largest dumps. While the nurses started setting up for the clinic, we were able to walk through the dump for the first time. It was overwhelming. The smell hit you like a brick wall. I was in complete shock. There was trash everywhere, and this was their home. Dogs roamed all around. There were mountains of garbage, but the most loving, excited, brightest smiling, barefoot children running up to us from all directions. On the second morning, we got to feed the children breakfast in the dump. Their breakfast was black beans and rice mixed with, mixed with some hot dog bites. And for a lot of these kids, this would be their only meal for the day. Me still getting acquainted with things, I sat back and got to watch how these amazing kids from the age of three to around six interacted with one another. I noticed two brothers, probably three and five, 
The younger one quickly scarfed down his breakfast while the older one seemed to eat and savor very, savor his food. To my amazement, once the older brother noticed that his younger brother had finished but was still hungry, he scraped some food off of his plate onto his younger brother's plate. It was enough to make my eyes puddle, seeing the sincerity and concern and want to take care of and watch over his younger brother. By the end of my second day, I was already falling in love with these people and this place. We had a variety of people with us that went on the trip with many different skills. Nurses, teachers, ministers, youth, handymen, talkers, listeners, mothers, fathers, and then there was me. In the planning meetings, I didn't know a specific trait or skill that I would be able to provide to the group. I'm not a mother. I can't relate to the mothers in the dump. I'm not a nurse. I couldn't help out in the clinic. I'm not a teacher. I couldn't take a lead in the VBS classes that we held. On the second day, though, God said, I'm going to show you exactly what your contribution to this group is going to be. I was taken into a house for a family of seven, a 15 by 20 foot shack made of wood and tin scraps found around in the dump. They had bare electrical wire draping down from the ceiling and walls with more splices than I could possibly count. It wasn't a safe living environment. I had two days with one translator, no tools and no supplies to rip out and rewire their home. To say the least, it was very interesting. I spent the next two days in a dark house with the most amazing Guatemalan family trying to make their house safer. There, was a language barri- there were language barriers, children running under my feet while I was on a homemade wobbly stool, a Guatemalan climbing a wooden ladder up to a live power line to strip the wire and connect a copper wire from their house to the live power grid so that I could pull power to their home. I had a full range of emotions in those two days. I was terrified, thrilled, heartbroken, filled with joy. I laughed, sang, danced, hugged, and prayed with my new friends. We were able to provide this amazing family with new wiring and a safer place that they could call home. And I might add, the only tool that I could find to rewire this house was a small Leatherman that I had to borrow. It was an interesting and fantastic two days. As the week went on, we were able to pull power and put in lights, switches, and receptacles to two classrooms at a local church. The second half of the week was spent at a church doing VBS with around 100 children, visiting an orphanage, and traveling into a mountain village to deliver bunk beds and stoves. Every place we went, we set up a clinic, and the nurses saw and treated as many people as they could. On a slightly side note, middle of the week on Wednesday, we took half a day and traveled around Guatemala, and I got to ride a mule around a coffee plantation on a hillside in Antigua while drinking the best mochaccino that I've ever had. (laughs) While we traveled to do the bed drop in a hillside remote village, we had around an hour commute to a pretty high elevation. These people didn't get to travel to stores, and all of the food and water that they had came from the hillsides where they farmed. Our mission in these villages was to deliver and assemble bunk beds. We divided up into groups of four and five, with each, each with several beds to deliver. Cars couldn't get us to where we needed to be, so we literally carried bunk beds, mattresses, and blankets on our backs up the side of what seemed like mountains. It would take us anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes to drive where we needed to be with the new beds. The first family my group delivered had three walls with a roof for a home and mud clay floors where they slept. They had no blankets, no pillows, or anything for that matter inside these walls that they called home. They had one cow, which was their prized possession, and basically their life savings. With help from our translator, 
We found out that the previous week that they had one cow to die, and this was completely devastating for the family, and they were unsure if they would ever be able to save up enough to purchase another ever again. Every family we came in contact with, we prayed over and learned about their life. It was a, it was a very amazing experience. I was so excited to be back at home with clean drinking water in my family, yet I left with a piece of my heart stolen by the remarkable and loving Guatemalan community. As much as we were able to touch their lives, I believe that they touched mine much more. <clears throat> Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Mark sixteen fifteen. Thank you. Good morning. Let's continue our, our worship this morning with hymn number 116, Our Savior's Infant Cries Were Heard. Please stand as we sing hymn number 116.
invite the children to come forward for a lesson on the steps. Good morning, or should I say, Happy New Year. How many of you stayed up all night to bring in the new year? Well, the three or four of y'all are a better person than I am. It's just as good on, mon on the morning of 2016 as to stay up all night long. But I'm glad you did. Now, has anything changed since the night of 2015 to the morning of 2016? Not a thing, has it? Not a thing. Well, that's good. But you know what? I know what happens in the morning, though, which will change something. We got to go back to school, don't we? Oh, I heard a growl from the choir. Somebody's not happy about Monday morning. Well, there is something that I want to talk about that I wonder if you've heard over the last two or three days. Have you heard anybody in your family say, 2016, I'm going to do this. 2016, I'm going to do better. I'm going to exercise or I'm going to watch what I eat. You know what that is? That's a New Year's resolution. That means they're okay with what happened in 2015, but they might want things to be a little different in 2016. That's okay, but I'll bet two days later we may, not be, we may have already broken our New Year's resolution. So life goes on. But I want to read you a short passage from Psalm 118, verse 29. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Well, see, God's love's not going to go away between 2015 and 2016. God's love's going to stay right here with us. He never changes. But there's a New Year's resolution we might want to make with God, too. Some of us might want to say when we get up in the morning, we get up in the morning, we need to say, thank you, God, for keeping me safe through the night. When we go to bed at night, we might need to say, thank you, God, for keeping me safe through the day. And maybe we need to learn how to rely on God a little bit stronger in 2016. Things aren't going so good. Maybe we need to talk to God like we've been talking about. You just talk. And maybe we'll feel our love in our heart and we'll feel a warm hug and we'll know God's answered our prayers. That's something we can do in 2016. Just remember, it doesn't matter whether it's today or tomorrow. God's love endures through everything. And we need to remember that he's always with us, whether it's 2015 or 16 or even in the future. He fills our heart with love, and he takes care of us every day. So tomorrow, I want you to make a New Year's resolution. When you go to school, say something special to somebody. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're glad to see them. Tell them Jesus loves them too.
Can you do that for me? Let us pray. Thank you, God, for this day and for our children and for the extra special way that they love you every day. They are yours and they are ours. Fill their lives with love and care. There is nothing like them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is David, David Bernal, and I'm sure most of you know Kristen. I'm from California, which is where I uh, I met her, and uh, it's so great to be out here with you guys and to to worship with a group of believers that I've never met in a place that I'm at for the first time. And uh, we just hope that this song uh, can bless you. It just speaks a lot about uh, what God's been doing in our lives lately. So, uh, yeah, we just hope that you're really blessed in this time by it.
chase and find us. Love is facing us again. Kristen and uh, David, uh, we are blessed and we are thankful that you came all the way from California to share with us. I know that wasn't the only reason you came, but uh, we, we thank you. And I am blessed to think this morning as we sit here and we think about the last few weeks, if you'll think with me, we've had several college students that have stood here in this place or near the pulpit here, have given testimony of how God is working in their life and how God has been moving uh, on their campuses or how God has been moving among their friends. Uh, these are college students who could be out doing many other things, but yet they've been worshiping and yet they've been open to how God is moving in their hearts. To hear Caitlin share, I know she's out of college, but to hear her share, you know, and to be reminded that young people are still being called, God is still working among all of us, no matter our ages, to see the children down here. Because the last few weeks I've been, I've, I've seen poinsettias and I've seen, uh, you know, little bits of dresses and, and nice clothes. But today to see the kids and their faces, you know, I've been reminded that God is working and he is moving in all of us. And despite ages and, um, you know, and, uh, and, and locations, you know, California, uh, Moscow, uh, I know has a presence here today. And so it's grateful to see um, God doing this. Before I pray this morning, I want you to look to your neighbor, someone near you and say, way to go. Say, I want you to look back to them now and say, and say, keep it up. Everybody here this morning has perfect attendance for 2016. Give yourselves a hand. All right. We hope that, we hope that uh, you can join us, uh, join us each Sunday. But uh, you, right now you have perfect attendance. Uh, before I pray today, I want to, again, we'll do two things really, really quickly. Uh, first of all, if you see some youth walking around a little slow this morning, or especially some adults walking around really slow, there was a youth lock-in of which your pastor was a participant in, not just a, a chaperone, but a participant in until about 1245. I played basketball for about an hour. I played dodgeball for about what seemed like two hours. But my, uh, my right arm is a little sore this morning, and my legs is a little painful coming up these stairs. But um, we had a great youth lock-in. just want to report on that. And uh, Alan and Mary, if you'll please stand. Uh, this is their first Sunday with us. They joined the youth. Um, uh, Wesley, we had a nice little ceremony in this uh, sanctuary here on New Year's Eve, and uh, Wesley kind of uh, passed the torch along to Alan at midnight, and so his responsibilities began then. And uh, I only saw Wesley for a few minutes after that, and I'm, he was gone. Um, but uh, Alan and Mary, we're glad that you're here today, and Alan will be sharing in our benediction. Uh, today as well. Um, I do want to invite each of you to be present. This coming Wednesday, we'll be beginning a new beginning a new Wednesday evening study about the life of Jesus as we've celebrated his birth and now as, as we anticipate uh, what we will experience and, and speak of and preach of as we get closer to Easter. Uh, why not take some time here over these next several weeks and begin to really look into who Jesus was and why did he come? And so we're going to be doing that, and we invite you to, to come and join us on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. If you have not uh, been faithful on Wednesdays, we would love to uh, have you join us for that time. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for this new Sunday, this first Sunday of 2016. Lord, we have many things from 2015 that we would like to put behind us, 
many things that we can learn from, but Lord, we look ahead uh, as you have asked us to do as to 2016, and Father, we want to grow closer to you. We want to grow closer to our church family, and Lord, we want to serve, and we want to worship you more this year. Father, we pray for the family of Robbie Hamrick and for others who have lost loved ones whose hearts are filled with grief this morning. We pray, Father, that you would uh, comfort them this day. God, again, we thank you for a new year, and we're grateful for your presence and your faithfulness in 2015. God, keep us faithful and keep us caring in the midst of the pain that fills our world today. Lord, keep us serving as we seek to do your will. Keep us looking toward neighbors near and far. Keep us trusting, Lord, through the uncertainties of this life. And last, God, keep us sharing from generous abundance. Father, we ask that you live in us, that you live with us, and God, that you live through us. May our lives bring you glory in 2016. It's in Jesus' name all of God's people said. Amen. Please turn to page 113 in your hymnal. We're going to sing only two verses, the first verse and the last verse of We Three Kings of Orient Are. Please stand as we sing. Good morning. Let's join together in prayer. Dear Lord, as a new year begins, we come to you and ask for your blessing. We pray that you would give us joy to fill our days, peace to fill our hearts, and love to fill our lives. I pray that for everyone who is carrying burdens from last year into this one, that they would take comfort in your words, Behold, I am making all things new. We know that your mercies are new every day, God, and we thank, we thank you for that. Help us look forward to all the ways we will encounter you in this new year. May you guide our every step, and may we bring glory to you in all that we do. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.
morning. Our scripture is taken from Matthew, second chapter, verses 1 through 12. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Jesus should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had heard, secretly called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented with unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed in their, to their own country another way.
thank you, choir, and thank you, Kristen and David, for sharing this morning. You know, that's really the only way we can come. When we recognize who we are and who God is. Man. You, uh, you see this title, What Are You Searching For? And I'm going to make a confession. Um, it plays out a little differently in my mind than the way it did in paper. And here's why. Um, thank you to Keith. I appreciate the opportunity of sharing and preaching this morning. And when he, when he told me a few weeks ago that he would wanted me to preach this morning, I thought this, this is a great place to pick up the end of the, the birth story, uh, the coming of the Magi, the wise men. And, and I was thinking about their journey and what they were looking for. And I was thinking about Herod's um, desire to find Jesus as well and what he was searching for and, and a tune came to my mind and, and I must confess that my wife loves to hear me sing to the radio she just loves that because I never get the lyrics right and I think she always wants to wait and see when I'm going to um, mess up the lyrics so she can just laugh she just gets a good chuckle out of that so I'm singing this tune as I'm preparing for this sermon I still haven't found what I'm searching for. And she says, I think it's looking. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's searching. So what do you do in today's world? You just Google it, right? And, you know, as is usually the case, she's right. It's I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So I want you to keep that tune in your mind for just a few minutes, and we're going to get back to it. But... I am absolutely fascinated with the, the gospel stories of Jesus. Because if you get down to it and you think about the gospels, the writers of the four gospels didn't sit around a table and say, okay, you write this and you write this and you write this. They wrote the story of the life of Jesus from their perspective. And it's just a great thing that we have. And I don't think we use it the way that we should. Because think about it. If, if you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is, let me tell you, we have four excellent pieces of writing about the life of Jesus that were not collaborated on. It's proof that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, that Jesus rose again, and we as believers in Christ have hope, praise the Lord, that Jesus is who he says he is. You know, all four of these Gospels share the story of Jesus very differently. Um, three of them tell of his birth. John's account much different than Matthew and Luke's. No shepherds, no wise men, no angels. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Mark skips the birth of Jesus altogether and gets straight to the baptism and temptation. And Matthew and Luke give us the two birth accounts that we know very well. Luke sees the shepherds as important enough to pen, to talk about them and how the angels came to them. Matthew, the wise men, were important to him. The same story, two very different views. Matthew's gospel targeted mainly at the Jews. And I believe he felt like they needed to know that someone other than the lowly shepherds knew of Jesus' birth. Someone with some prominence. Someone with some clout. 
So who are the magi or the wise men? You know, we sang the song, We Three Kings, but the Magi were probably a combo of wise men and priests from Persia. One commentary says they combined astronomical observation with astrological speculation. They played both political and religious roles and were figures of some prominence in their land. Now, again, I find this extremely fascinating because to the Jews, to have anybody show up as astrologers would be like somebody coming in here who could read your palm. It would just be very taboo. I mean, they just, you just don't do that. You know, the scriptures and the priests, they're the ones that tell you how life works, not the stars. But the wise men show up in Jerusalem. Why? Why Jerusalem? What are they looking for? Well, common sense would tell them that a king would be born in a city like Jerusalem. But isn't it odd that when Herod hears their request and what they're looking for, he acts like he doesn't know anything about it. What do you speak of? This is funny to me because in Luke's account, the shepherds leave the birth of Jesus and they go tell. And Jerusalem and Bethlehem aren't that far away. I mean, really and truly, let's think about distance-wise. If you look at a map, if you were to look at a map, and I challenge you to do that, look at a map and see the distance from Babylon where the wise men come from is a lot farther than where the distance between Bethlehem and Jerusalem are. So had Herod heard about this and chosen not to listen to the lowly shepherds? They don't know what they're talking about. They're just shepherds. But yet these wise men, the magi, show up and it's, oh, this king you speak of, where is he born? Well, in verse 3, Matthew says that Herod is disturbed. Not just Herod, but all of Jerusalem. Now, why would Jerusalem be disturbed? Because they know Herod. Herod is a very paranoid king. Anyone that he believes is a threat to his throne was eliminated. Matter of fact, he'd already killed a wife and two sons. They, they are in fear of what he may do. And Herod pulls together the religious leaders to see if this is possible. And where the Christ is, was to be born. Again, I think it is very fascinating that the Jews and Herod. Now, I, I'm just speculating here, but Herod quite possibly could have converted to Judaism. And would he not have been excited that the Messiah was born? And yet they have the scriptures in their hands. Those in Jerusalem. These magi and wise men, they had no scriptures. They had no prophets. They were following a star. It was not an abnormal thing for a star to appear when a king was born. So I'm told. Think that I just know that. You look this stuff up. But they're following a star. They don't have any scriptures. So Herod brings the wise men in and asks them to find the child. And he tells them to let him know so that he can worship them, so that he can worship him with them. Herod must have been pretty slick 
These are some wise men, no pun intended. Did they not know Herod's motives? Proverbs 16.2 tells us, All a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Herod had no intentions of worshiping Jesus. Herod's motives were selfish. The wise men were searching for Jesus to worship him. If you'll notice in the scripture, they come to Herod and they acknowledge that Jesus is born king. He's not to become king. He is born king. And they want to worship him. Herod wants to find him to eliminate him. Because Jesus is in Herod's way. Why are you searching for Jesus? You know, despite their pagan background and powerful influence in the Babylonian or Persian courts, the Magi recognized Jesus for who he was. Again, they saw that Jesus was born king immediately, and they got to go worship him. They made a long trek to find him. The wise men came to Jesus with their hands up and bearing gifts, worshiping Jesus. I'm afraid oftentimes we come to Jesus with our hands out, asking Jesus, what can you do for me? I'm afraid sometimes we also do that with the text, with the Bible. You know, we'll read the Bible to try to find us. You remember when you were in school and you, uh, you got your yearbook. And what's the first thing that you do with your yearbook when you get it at school? You go find your picture. That's what you do. And, and the first place you know your picture is going to be is in the class listing, right? I mean, that's, that's automatic. Just, I, I know that's where it, at, where it is. So I go there first. But then I got to go back through it so that I can find myself in the snapshots, you know? How often do we come to the text looking for us? Looking to see what God's going to do to us when it's his story. It's God's story. You know, sometimes I believe our worship tends to be like me, 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 I, I, I. What can I get? What can you do for me? And yet the wise men, the magi, came to worship a king. To worship a king. So back to the U2 lyrics. The first verse of that song says, I've climbed the highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. Only to be with you. I have run. I have crawled. I have scaled the city walls. Said it was only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Have you found what you're looking for? Remember, both Herod and the wise men were searching for Jesus, but both had very different motives. 
Do you recognize Jesus as king? Or is he a threat to your plans? The last verse to the U2 song goes like this. He broke the bounds, he loosed the chains, carried the cross of my shame, broke my shame. You know I believed it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Jesus came for you and I. He died for us. That's why he came. He was born to die. And he didn't die just to give us a better life. He died to give us life and to save us from our sin. You see, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I don't know what you're looking for today. But I can tell you, you're not going to find it in simply trying to live a better life. You're not. You're not even going to find it simply by coming to this building. Because it's, it's, a, it's not those things. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. And he can make you new. He will make you new. He came to give us life. Do you know him today? Maybe you're here today and you and Jesus, you're not as close as you used to be. He knows that. And he's wanting to be with you. And you can do that today. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus at all. He wants to be in your life. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to trust him. And I pray that you do that today. Let's pray together. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move as we sing. And God, that people would respond to you in, in boldness and courage. And that they would do whatever it is you're calling them to do. God, if you're calling them to join this church, if you're calling them to give their life to you and trust you fully, if you're calling them to come back to you, God, I pray that they would do that today. Thank you for your son, Jesus for the fact that you came to us. Thank you. You came to us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning as we sing our hymn of commitment, Keith and I will be down front. If you need to pray, if you need to um, become a member of the church today, if you need to make Jesus Savior and Lord of your life, we'll be here. Hymn number 117, please stand.
before we close in prayer this morning, I want to say a thank you to the congregation, to many of you who have come and, and spoken to myself and to Mary and who have, who have welcomed us into this church. We are excited for the new year, for this new opportunity for ministry. We had a, a wonderful and tiring experience on New Year's Eve, uh, but we enjoyed being with uh, these youth and we look forward to, to getting to know them and, and getting to know you all um, as well. We thank you for, for joining us this morning, and let's, let's close in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning grateful for the opportunity to worship. We are grateful that we have a place where we can come and gather and worship freely. Father, we thank you for Wesley and for the message that he offered this morning. I pray that as we leave this place today, that we would be able to reach into our lives and that we would be able to find what we are searching for, and that as we start this new year and, and go back to work or school this week, I pray that we would recognize that we are searching for you first. Father, we thank you for the blessings that we have in our lives. I pray for us as a congregation that we would be a church that would serve you, that we would be a people that would serve you. And as we depart this place today, I pray that we would seek to be your disciples that we would seek to follow your will in all that we do in our lives. Father, we are grateful for your love. We love and serve you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.